Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Phantoms Fix, a new podcast on the Broad Street Hockey Network of Podcasts. And uh, my name is Steve Jaco. I will be your host for this, and very happy to be aboard and podcasting about the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. I have been podcasting for, God, close to a decade at this point. <laughs> Too long, some might argue, but I've been, you know, I've done Flyers Faithful podcast, uh, Fly Perbly for a while. And wanted to branch out, talk a little Phantoms, talk about the kids a little bit in the Flyers organization. And very happy to be doing this. And I'm also very happy to be doing this with Madeline Campbell, Maddie Campbell, who has our our go-to resident Phantoms expert at Broad Street Hockey. Maddie, how are you? And just give the people a little, you know, background on how long you've been talking about the Phantoms at BSH. I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Very exciting stuff. I have been covering the Phantoms for BSH for the last... I should have done this math before we got started here. I did not explain there would be math. <laughs> you were told there would be no math. I was not informed. I think it, I'm going to give it four years and we're not going to fact check me. No. <laughs> no fact checking to be had. No, here. absolutely not. That's not what the show's for. No. <laughs> There's just no way to tell. There's no way to find this information, as I like to say, <laughs> on Fiberbly. But, I mean, I'm excited just because I really feel like, you know, while we are all pretty informed on the Flyers and obsess over the Flyers probably to an unhealthy degree, I would argue at this point, but we don't know enough about the Phantoms. We don't know enough about the, the kids that are coming up, the Flyers of tomorrow, and I would love to discuss this more and and talk about them more often. For this organization in particular, the past few years have really been so focused on youth coming up, these kids coming up. I, I think it'd be a great look to to discuss some of these up-and-comers, what they're bringing, what they're contributing, and what we can expect and how they're doing so far. And this is a, a very interesting time for the Phantoms because they've had some relative stability over the past few years. Not necessarily success, but stability And with Scott Gordon and... They made the shift to Ian LaPerriere this year as head coach, and it has been a difficult start, to say the least, for the Phantoms. And uh, it's they've started 3-10. Now, is 4-1 and one correct? Do they count shootout losses as separate than, than overtime losses, or is it all just one bundle there? So it's regulation loss, overtime loss, shootout loss. I don't know why they break them up like that, but they do. Because there's no difference points-wise between an overtime loss and a shootout loss, right? Right. But I, I guess a shootout loss... 
Because the NHL always it like feels different. It does feel different. It's always just a a little bit more unsatisfying to to lose in a shootout. Everybody leaves a little bit <laughs> more unhappy to lose in a shootout than uh, even just a regular old overtime loss. Regardless, they're dead last in their division, in the Atlantic division. They're they're three ten, four and one. They've got eleven points. They're dead last. They're they're not doing well, and they're only averaging two point two eight goals per game right now, allowing an average of three point three three goals per game, as you noted here, and that's that's not good. No, it is not. I and I don't like what is this team's issue right now? I mean, it certainly seems like they don't have a particular, they don't have a ton of death right now. I know they've had some injury issues. The Flyers have had their injury issues too, which has contributed to that because one of the particular difficulties you run into with managing a minor league club is not only do you have to deal with your injuries, but your best players have to go away once the big club has injuries and get called up. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of things for them this year. I mean, they we're dealing with some injuries right off the bat. I mean, it they were probably going to be getting Tanner Lazinski to start the season cuz there just wasn't really going to be room for him with the Flyers and he's going to be out for still a while now. Igor Zamula was hurt to start the season and just the injuries have really racked up for them and that's really hurt them a lot, but they do still have some guys who like should be producing but it's just been it's been a real mess for them this year and it's like i don't know i like the new coach thing is is tough but i'm totally liking i think it was joel farabee mentioned in his flyers post game presser situation the other day that you know their lappy is running the same system as the flyers down in Lehigh Valley so like he got some help and that he didn't have to build his own system but they're still not really executing it and that's pretty concerning so it's uh it's just like quite frankly like nothing is really going right for them right now as an avid fan and podcaster of the Philadelphia Flyers I'm very concerned for the Phantoms that they're running the same system as the Flyers because it ain't working for the Flyers right now either yeah and it's working even less for the Phantoms and I mean Probably that scoring total that you brought up earlier is telling of that. You also have the factor that LaPerriere, this is his first time as a head coach. He's never been a head coach at, at any level, I believe, in the past, which made this a controversial hiring. I mean, Lappy's been with the Flyers organization for years at this point, pretty much ever since he blocked that shot with his face, as everybody remembers famously for him. But he's a guy who's been an assistant coach here. He's been in player development. And in those regards, it made a lot of sense to hire him, but it still would have been better and certainly more reassuring to have a guy with at least some sort of head coaching experience, even at a junior level, at some sort of level. So he doesn't have that. And this is where you really want to see him make adjustments, but I don't even know what to expect out of him adjustment wise, given his his lack of experience in this role. Yeah, it's uh, it's really tough there. And I mean, I don't know how hamstrung he is by like having to run the flyer system. I mean, I know Scott Gordon kind of made some adjustments while still keeping things relatively similar, just so call ups would have a bit of continuity with what they were expected to be doing. But yeah, I, we haven't really seen a whole lot of adjustments to the game plan. 
like the Flyers, a big issue is their transition game has been pretty brutal. And I, they're not making any changes there. So I, I don't know if they're just waiting around for it to eventually start clicking for them. But really nothing is suggesting that it's just going to magically start working. Ugh, that's not what you want to hear. Not at all. Sorry. No, but it's not your fault. You're not the one making adjustments. It's just, it just sucks. It's it's disappointing to hear. It's always, it's nice when the minor league team does well because that then you get the warm and fuzzies for the guys that could be coming up to the NHL level. And right now, I mean, not to say I don't have the warm and fuzzies for the guys that have been coming up. I mean, Morgan Frost recently came up and he did pretty well with his time in the Phantoms. He had 15 points, uh, led the team in points. And... You know, you can debate how well you think Morgan Frost has looked at the the major league level this year, but he certainly was doing well enough in the minors that I I think it warrants him coming up for an extended stay with the Flyers. But that certainly hurts the Phantoms. And Max Willman, who also has 10 points uh, himself, eight goals and two assists, leads the team in goals, has been with the Flyers for a few games. I believe he is coming back down, though, as of this afternoon. Yep, that's right. So he, he should be playing for them Friday is their next game. Yeah, and, and that'll be a nice boost to them because he's clearly scored some goals for them. That, that's, of course, if the Phantoms can even get on the ice right now because you're really starting to see COVID cases pile up in the NHL and the AHL because the, the Flyers just had a postponement with the Islanders. And I believe I just saw before we jumped on here that the the Hershey Bears are getting postponed uh, with the Phantoms. Yeah, so the Phantoms were supposed to play Hershey tonight and Saturday. Both of those games have been postponed. I think I saw that the Bears are dealing with 10 or so positive cases within their team at the player and coaching staff level. So uh, they really had to shut that one down. Hartford is also shut down for, uh, I think, through the fourth or the fifth. That's who they're supposed to play next weekend. I mean, hopefully that's all squared away by then. But yeah, it's um we're seeing a, a big rise in cases. So far, the Phantoms have been okay, like majorly knocking on wood. They only have one player on the the COVID protocol list right now, um, and that is Cam York. But based on what Fletcher said yesterday, he's like mostly fine. It seems like he should be able to get back skating this weekend. So bullet dodged there. Hopefully, hopefully everybody yeah. is still staying safe, though. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, in the especially in sports where people are just around each other and maskless at all times and you're playing people that have been on the road elsewhere and it's just difficult in general. And I'm really glad that Cam York doesn't seem to have a, an especially bad case right now because, I mean, if you're looking, it's a different sport entirely, but if you look at the Philadelphia 76ers in basketball, Joel Embiid's their biggest player and he just had a, a really bad bout with COVID for a couple Ooh. weeks and, and he's still catching up from that. He's he, I think he just came back two games ago and he's still trying to get up to speed and everything and he said it was really bad for him, so... And if you're an athlete, I mean, COVID severely impacts the lungs and your breathing and everything. So it could be very bad for an athlete. So hopefully Cam York's okay. And just talking from an importance to the team standpoint, I mean, Cam York, with Morgan Frost in the NHL, Cam York is the biggest name on this team. He is the biggest prospect that this team has. And if they are going to succeed, that's a name that they really need to step up and score some points, especially given his propensity for, for being an offensive defenseman. Yeah, definitely. And it's, um, I mean, it's a tough situation because like 
nobody is really scoring right now. And as gifted as York is, I mean, he's not one who is going to 100% be able to manufacture all of the offense on his own. He does need like a little bit of help, but not really getting it right now. No, and, and where I'd really like to see him shine is the power play. And as you noted here, they have the second worst power play in the in the AHL. 10.7%, eight power play goals, four, four shorthanded goals allowed. What? Yeah, I, I wish I could explain it. I mean, we love some organizational continuity around here. So like Flyers power play is trash. So is the Phantoms. <laughs> It's just, it's really, really bad. That's not, that's uh, very, that's not what you want to hear. It's, it's just running, it's trickling down, and I don't even want yeah. to draw the comparison there that comes to my mind. But, I mean, that's just bad, and that's really where you want to see your, your young offensive defenseman who's learning the game at that level, you know, learning how to be a professional at that level. That's where you want to see him shine. I, I would love to see him post a bunch of points on the power play. Has he been playing on the top unit down there when he's been in there? For the most part, yeah, they've kind of been shuffling quite a bit, but he has been getting a lot of power play time, which is nice. And I would say, like, he's looked good. Uh, it's just, like, it's not really clicking as a unit right now. But overall, like, I haven't really been too fussed about his impacts. I think he's been good, fine, which is, like, not exactly a ringing endorsement, but, <laughs> you know, given everything else, like, it's stellar oh sure sure i mean the, the thing is i'm looking at the names of the phantoms top scorers here and again i'm not the most familiar with the minor league level for the nhl but there are names that have certainly kicked around a little bit and when i'm seeing the names like jerry mayhew garrett wilson like these aren't names that i particularly know they both have 10 points and then like adam clendenning i i know that name because it feels like he's been around a uh, quite a bit at this point and like Cal O'Reilly it, 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 you're not gonna again you're not usually gonna see a bunch of like huge names at that level or anything but I don't really know any of these guys uh, is this quality offensive talent down there that we're seeing is are these guys that should be scoring more or are these just guys that are doing the best they can you know they I would say they should be scoring more Mayhew and O'Reilly in particular we're actually both with Fletcher in Minnesota's system for a period of time. Um, and they do have histories of being high scorers at the AHL level. So if it's them driving a lot of offense, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But still, I think their true talent level, at least at that level, they're still kind of performing below it at this point based on just the team effects. So, you, okay, so they're performing a little below it, you think, right now. And then... Yeah. I mean, just looking at who I know as a Flyers fan looking at this team, the names that really stick out to me, besides, of course, Cam York that we discussed, is German Rubstuff, as as I like to call him the germ, as everybody else likes to call him Ruby, uh, Isaac Ratcliffe, and Tyson Forrester. Unfortunately, Forrester is out for most of the rest of the season, which is really terrible news because that was an exciting kid and he, he displayed a lot of talent, but he didn't put up many points in the games he did play. He only had a three points, two goals and one assist. And Ratcliffe is a guy that seems like he had potential at one point and then has really just fallen completely off the radar. And 
Rubstoff is a, a very similar boat as uh, Ratcliffe there. Forster is a, a real shame because it seemed like things were starting to kind of come together for him. I mean, it was really especially brutal for everybody to start the season. It sucks the the injury he dealt with. He dislocated his shoulder on just like a weird play like where he was diving to keep a puck in at the at the blue line and it just he fell on the shoulder and it popped out Ugh. he got surgery uh it sounds like they did some kind of extra stabilizing or something if we're just based on what fletcher was saying yesterday so he should be good uh, i think fletcher said the shoulder will be stronger than ever so oh okay good news i i guess i'm not a doctor what do i know <laughs> We are not medical doctors here. This is not what we do. But, you know, hey, if the GM's coming out and saying it's going to be stronger than ever, they make these things out of titanium these days. They're stronger. (laughs) Like, is he a robot man? I don't know. But uh, as long as he comes back stronger, because Forrester is one of the most exciting prospects they have in the system right now. His scoring potential, that shot. These are things that I am thrilled about and I would love to see on the Flyers in a couple of years. Definitely. And the really exciting thing with him, at least through last season, was that his game was really rounding out at the AHL level. You know, he was becoming more defensively responsible. We're seeing nice playmaking flashes. So it wasn't just his line mates setting him up for shots and he was going to just be kind of a one trick pony there. Um, It was really all coming together for him. And that was super exciting, which I think makes the injury even sadder to see and he's not going to get to go to world juniors oh poor guy just feel i think it's also because he's got such a baby face you're just like oh poor poor buddy come on yeah he always looks like he's having so much fun too and i just i absolutely love his energy his energy is great he's just got that big red face how can you not love him (laughs) now one of the other bigger names on this team is Igor Zamula. He's got eight points so far, one goal, seven assists. And I would say, you know, especially given Cam York uh, dealing with COVID right now, it really falls to Zamula to be one of the bigger defensemen on this team. What have you made of Zamula so far? I mean, this is an intriguing name. This is a guy that could potentially see some time with the Flyers later this season if he performs. How has he looked so far this season? He's been okay. Um, we've seen some flashes from him and I think the big thing is it's just taking him a little bit longer to sort of put everything together because he definitely does have some really nice playmaking ability. So there's some offensive upside there, but I have still found him to be a little bit turnover prone. And when the team defense is really struggling as a whole, that's gone kind of poorly, but there's no like real red flags that I've seen from him so far this season. It's just, he needs time. And uh, the unfortunate thing is with how bad the team is right now, like how much learning is really anybody doing right now. That's kind of my big concern about the prospects in general really here. Not great. Yeah. that That's a huge concern right now because that's what you want them to do at that level. I, I think the, I mean, argue about Scott Gordon's effectiveness effectiveness as much as you can, but it certainly felt like guys were learning there and and growing in their roles and everything. And this is where I'm concerned about Lappy, and not, not only in adjusting to the game, but also in developing these players. I know he's worked in player development in the past, but that's very different than being the the primary guy in charge of developing these players at this level. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really concerning. And I mean, we've seen how much of uh, success in hockey can be driven just by confidence. The team's on a seven-game losing streak right now. It is their second seven-game losing streak of the season. Ooh. I just like I can't imagine how these guys are feeling right now. I know it's their job to show up and try to make the best of the situation and all that, but ugh, when things are going this poorly, that's really got to wear on you. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just morale is everything, especially in sports where you have to get up a certain level of energy each night to go out there and play. And, you know, in the minor leagues, it's even tougher because at least in the majors, you're getting paid a good amount and you're usually staying in a nice hotel and stuff. And you're riding on like a nice airplane in the the minors. You're riding on that bus and you're not always staying in the nicest place and you're not getting paid, you know, compared to at least NHL rates, you're not getting paid that much. So keeping that morale up is a lot tougher at this level. Definitely. I wanted to circle back a second because I just breezed over him. He He's a little hurt right now, but I have really liked uh, Rubsov's start to the season. He hasn't been scoring a ton, but he's looked very engaged. The defense is working well. Uh, we're seeing him making more plays. Frankly, this is the best he's looked at the American League level since he's turned pro and it's been a minute. Hopefully he's able to get back to playing soon i don't think he's dealing with anything serious but i i think if he was healthy then probably he would have gotten the call up over max willman wow okay i I would love to see that because german rubstoff was a a first round pick this is a guy who certainly had expectations when he was drafted and i remember when he was drafted there you know there was some controversy but it, it did almost feel like they they may have gotten a steal with him. Hasn't appeared to be the case so far. But if he could turn into a useful either, I don't know, bottom six NHL forward or even a top flight AHL forward, that's something. That's something useful. I'd love to see. He's only 23 still, which in, AHL, or in NHL prospect terms isn't exactly the youngest. But it's still enough time to develop a, a useful skill set to make a good pro career and if he could do anything give me a fourth line center be very happy with that especially given all the death problems the flyers are having right now yeah i i definitely think that there is still some at the very least nhl depth player upside with him and he he really is like i said starting to put it together it looks like so i would like to see him get a look this season if Max Willman can come out of nowhere, and he's older, Max Willman's 26, and he came out of nowhere. He started with the Reading Royals. You know, if he can do all that, and he hasn't looked too bad with the Flyers. I think he's, you know, a little overmatched because he's a 26-year-old, like, rookie right there. But and he's got a pretty low ceiling, unfortunately. But it's a great story, and if he can do it, there's no reason that a guy with Jerm Rubstoff's pedigree can't do it. And I, I would love to see that. I'd love to see him become a, a useful player in any respect. Absolutely. Yeah. And all the credit in the world to to Max Willman for the work that he's been able to put in in the organization uh, since he started. I mean, he was a healthy scratch in Reading right after he signed. And now he's made an NHL debut this season. And I, I really like him with the Phantoms, to be completely honest. So good for him. 
He's one of the guys you look at with the Phantoms and you see his numbers and it's like, he's thriving down there. He's doing great. I, I, I love it. It's, it's awesome. And I haven't hated what I've seen out of him at the NHL level. And he, he certainly has had a great work effort and everything. It's just the Flyers fourth line is kind of a disaster right now in general, just not putting it together. And that's not his fault. But if he had better talent around him, I think he might be doing a little bit better overall. But and I'm not trying to dump on Nate Thompson and Zach McEwen here, but like McEwen's great as far as an energy guy goes, but like just the combination of these three guys, it's just not good. No. And I was talking to my friend about this recently, actually. I don't know if I would want it for a whole season, but I, I sneaky didn't hate the idea of a fourth line of Willman, Bonneman and McEwen just because like they are not going to score a lot as a line but i think something she mentioned she covers the blue jackets my friend does like sean corrali is on the record as saying like the job of the fourth line is just to turn defensive zone face-offs into offensive zone face-offs and i think that's a line that can do that i mean they're straight line fast and i liked that potential there uh not to to dunk on nate thompson but that that wasn't really working with him I mean, thankfully, this isn't a tweet that he can just, you know, search for his own name on and easily retweet and dunk on us. This is a podcast. He's going to have to do the work of listening to a podcast. And guess what? That helps us out. So come on and listen, Nate. (laughs) I will take the clicks. I will take the clicks. I'll take the listens. I'll take the download. Whatever you want to do to get it out there, Nate. Just go ahead and do it. I mean, he he does his best, right? But it's, it's just not... Not great. He's a fourth liner for a reason at his age. He's my age, and he's fourth liner for a reason. Yeah. I'm an old man over here, Maddie. I'm an old man, but let's... (laughs) (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. You mentioned the germ is a guy who's been doing, uh, you know, a little bit better than expected this year. Are there any other standouts you wanted to shout out at this point? Like anybody else that's really uh, gone a little bit above and beyond your expectations so far in this young season? I mean, we haven't moved on to the goaltenders yet, but it it would be kind of all of the goaltenders. 
Samuel Harrison specifically, I've really liked. Uh, he is also hurt right now. <laughs> but Has he made a start? Because I was looking at the stats on the Phantoms website, and I clicked on the goaltending portion, and it literally just gave me Felix Sandstrom's stats right there. No, he definitely has. I, I don't know off the top of my head how many, but he's definitely started games. I would have been completely shocked if he didn't make it. I, I would have been like, fire yeah. Lappy today, because if anybody has just started one goaltender over the course of this many games, like, what are you doing? So, okay, good. I thought I was taking crazy pills when I saw this. I, I'm sure this the site wasn't updated properly or something. Yeah, the, the AHL site can be a little bit wonky. I mean, he was really, really good before he got hurt, to be honest. And I mean, I kind of mentioned the very beginning of the season was especially brutal for the Phantoms, and they were just getting absolutely caved in by shots like every single night. And the fact that they didn't get blown out more often than they did is a real testament to the goaltender's work in general. But Arison specifically, I think, did a lot to keep them in games. And for uh, his North American debut, that's really impressive. That's awesome. I love to hear that. And as far as the other guy in net goes, uh, Sandstrom, how has he looked so far? He's been good. He He's a little bit hot and cold where, yeah, I mean... He can have a great game where he looks like he might steal it for you if the forwards can get it together and score some goals. But he can also be a little bit messy. So it's been a little bit of that. But overall, I think he's been pretty good. Okay. Well, he's so according to the stats he actually had on the site, he's 3 6 and 3 with a 301 GAA and a 900 save percentage, which. Those are pretty average numbers right there. I think the 3 GAA is a little high, but the, the 900 is you know, maybe average to maybe slightly below average. It certainly, it certainly screams to me though, goaltender that is doing the best he can given the lack of support from his forwards and defense. Yeah, he's, uh, he's doing his best. All right. Well, any other standouts we have so far on the young season? Like anybody that might be like a little under the radar for Flyers fans that they haven't been paying attention to that you might want to call out? Mm. <laughs> given this team's record i don't want to say no because <laughs> that feels mean but like i mean facts are facts no. this team is doing terrible so far they they're yeah. dead last like they're they're just not doing well there haven't been a whole lot of like standout performances and we kind of hit on all of them i mean i mentioned this like in the slack chat that like connor bonneman is having a fine season we kind of know what he is at this point he's a kind of straight line lower event player so like you're probably not going to see stellar numbers for him in the AHL but like in his role I think he's been doing well so like I felt comfortable with them calling him up not like a flashy update but like he's been fine yeah Bunneman is a guy that you know he's a bottom six guy especially at the NHL level this is a guy who is a two-way forward he can sub in on your bottom line, I think he's going to be the center for the Flyers tonight against the the New York Rangers, so that should be interesting. But, I mean, it might just be fine. He had a, a pretty good chance in, I think it was the Hurricanes game the other day, or it might have been the Devils game. But there, one of those games, he had a good, like, 2-1-1 chance and couldn't quite bury it, but he had a chance. Yeah, I think it was the Canes game. Also, that one was so funny. Was that the one where Zach McEwen tried to fight like four guys at once? <laughs> yes, yes, I believe that was the case because there's a big scrum. I mean, when is yeah. Zach McEwen trying to fight guys like every chance? He's got a nice right, listen. He's got a nice shiner today when they took pictures. When that happened, you could see 
Bonneman's face, just like, oh god, now I have to get involved in this. And it was so funny, and I adore him. I call him Madman McEwen for a reason. That guy is a maniac, but I'm enjoying it. Like, there's not much <laughs> to enjoy with the Flyers right now, but McEwen just kind of being a nut is a lot of fun. It's fun! I will take anything I can get at this point. Gotta have fun wherever you can, and maybe he'll end up being a fan of at some point this season. You never know, because that would require guys to get healthy first, and that is a a continuous struggle for both the Flyers and the Phantoms right now. Sure is. Now, there is some good news on that front, and that is Wade Allison. Wade Allison is coming back. He, I believe today... It was announced, again, just before the show. There were a couple big things that happened just before we recorded, and I'm thankful for that. But I I believe they announced that Wade Allison will be back, and he's going to have a conditioning stint with the Phantoms, and Max Wilmot is headed down. So this could be some firepower for the Phantoms to maybe string together a couple wins. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. I do think... I think it's just a regular assignment for Allison. Like, it's not a conditioning stint, so there's not really going to be any time limit on how long he can be down there. They can just kind of park him with the Phantoms for however long he needs, which is good because uh, he did miss a whole lot of time. Well, and he's got, it's an ankle injury. That's something that you, you don't want to rush back. And, you know, there's been, Absolutely. I think, some controversy with the Flyers potentially rushing guys back from injuries. So take your time, be 100%. And I, Wade Allison is such a fun hockey player. He's a guy that I almost wish we had seen more of last season because he is just so much fun. And I, I know you've seen a lot of him with the Phantoms. And j- just as a refresher to everybody, what kind of game does Wade Allison play? What can we expect from Wade Allison getting back out there on the ice? Well, he's going to be kind of a nice replacement for Tyson Forster. Uh, I mean, they both have quite a shot, so... Hopefully that's a little bit of scoring punch that they're getting back into their lineup. Fingers crossed there. But yeah, it's it's good energy. Also kind of a straight line game. And like you said, he's just so much fun. He's so much fun. He's just kind of, he's not quite, maybe he's a jerk. Maybe he's a little bit of a jerk, like in the Travis Konechny vein. But I enjoy that. I, I like when guys are annoying the other team and getting in their faces and pissing them off and drawing penalties like that's the kind of hockey player i adore absolutely i'm excited to get wade allison back and hopefully this is a nice shot in the arm for the phantoms and again max wilman getting back is huge i think that's gonna be really good for them and i think he's gonna thrive down there it was nice though that he got to have a cup of coffee with the flyers and and you know i don't i don't even know if he had any points or anything but he got to play some significant time on the ice and I'm, i'm happy for him it's a nice reward for all of his hard work. Absolutely. So that's that's going to be interesting. Wilman and Allison coming back. And Allison, you know, I'm hoping from a Flyers perspective, he's there for like two, three games, and then he's, he's with the orange and black again. But take as much time as he needs. You know, it's, it's all about him getting healthy and being 100%. Yeah, that's going to be, I think, kind of a weird one, just like we mentioned, because of the game postponements, uh, they're going to play once this week. Uh, they've got Charlotte on Friday. And then I think they're off until like next Friday, next Saturday. And it's supposed to be Hartford who is shut down right now. Um, so we'll see what happens. The The schedule game wise is pretty light for them. So at the very least, he's going to get a whole lot of practice time. <laughs> I'm OK with that. I'm actually OK with that. Yeah, it's fine. Now, as far as, like, we talked about standouts, right? Disappointments. Who's your biggest, like, 
who are the guys that have really just been like let you down so far that you really want to see more out of on this team? I don't, I don't Not to know. be mean, Maddie. I know you don't like to be mean, but you know, <laughs> maybe just a tad, maybe just a tad mean. Yeah, I, I honestly, I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, because there's not really anybody who I can point to and be like, they have been an absolute disaster. Uh, well, Adam Clendenning is like a little bit of a disaster with the okay. puck, but that's a little bit outside of our uh, prospect purview here. But Yeah, I would say so. He's yeah. certainly not a prospect. But, you know, when you have those those quad A guys like Clendenning, you do expect them to, to step up. Like, if you think back a couple of years ago, like Greg Carey, right? That's a guy that you would usually see at the top of the phantom scoring lists and he's very much a quad a guy and you know it's just it's good to have reliable guys like that and um who is uh the local the south jersey defenseman who is with the phantoms for a few years i'm, I'm blanking on his oh, name right tj brennan tj brennan tj brennan was so good for that i was sad to see him go because tj brennan was just you know Number one, great to just have a local guy around here. He used to play when I was with Flyers Faithful back in the day, and we had the roller hockey tournaments. He would actually play in some of the roller hockey tournaments and just sit back at the point and dish the puck out to his team because it would be (laughs) extreme cheating if he did anything else. And he was amazing at even that. It was unbelievable. But yeah, like having a TJ Brennan, having a Greg Carey, like those those quad A guys is really helpful for a team like uh, Michael Layton, even thinking back a few years ago. Those guys can really help a team succeed and help their confidence, help that morale out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you need a balanced lineup as much as I would love an all-kid chaos team because I love chaos. (laughs) The all-kid chaos team. I love it. Not exactly practical. No, but it's a lot of fun. It sounds like a a Saturday morning, you know, show of some sort, the all-kid chaos team. They have a mountain base that they fly a jet out of, matching (laughs) t-shirts. Final note, what can we look forward to for the remainder of the season? Like, what's the biggest thing, like, as Flyers fans looking at the Phantoms, what should we be looking forward to? Who should we be watching? First of all, I wish I could say, like, wow, there are signs here that they are going to turn things around and the season will go better than we are anticipating right now. Uh, I think it's, it's I think this is going to be an ugly one, to be completely honest. So uh, we're managing our expectations, but... Lowered expectations. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the big ones, I would keep an eye on Cam York and Igor Zamula. They're ones who... It seemed like the Flyers, like, ideally would want to have at least getting some games up with the NHL team at some point this season. So that's something. I know Fletcher yesterday talked about he really wants to get specifically York to a point where he's like how Frost was the last few weeks where, like, it was just getting too easy for him. And he's not quite there yet, but I feel like he is not too, too far away. So... That's something I mentioned groups off as like a possibility for a a depth call up if they need it. I don't want to say like, hopefully they don't need it, but I would like to see him also. So that's a a hard one to reconcile. Yeah, no, I I, I agree there. And York is such an important one. He is with, if Frost stays up with the team, York is easily the most anticipated prospect that's out there. And also, given some of the Flyers' scoring woes, or not scoring woes, but defensive woes, and yeah, the scoring woes are also a thing, 
I would love to see him up sometime soon. I mean, it, I, I I could complain about Nick Sealer, but he's actually going to be on the the top pairing tonight. So Ugh. maybe the, maybe the coaching staff doesn't agree with my assessment there, and maybe a York Yandel pairing isn't the best, but. I don't know. I would prefer to see a guy like York with that high upside up here than, no offense to Nick Saylor, but he doesn't have that ceiling that a Cam York has. Cam York has a pretty damn high ceiling. Yeah, and especially, I mean, going back again to Fletcher's press conference yesterday, like something he really pinpointed is they want to improve their transition game. They want to improve their entries and how well they're moving the puck. And that's something that York does very well. He would be able to help that indeed. So I understand them not wanting to rush him because that's, you're kind of playing a dangerous game there, but uh, man, he, he really could help once he gets healthy again. Well, and I'm also curious that, I don't know, let's say things continue to go poorly for the Flyers and I really like Keith Yandel as a as a morale guy and as a power play guy when they actually use him there. But he's certainly a guy who's a potential trade target for this team to, you know, send out of here. I mean, if you could get a seventh round pick last year for Eric Gustafson, who plays zero units of defense, at least Keith Yandel plays half a unit of defense sometimes, then you could certainly get something for Yandel and if you were to move Yandel out, that would be a clear spot for Cam York to come up and, and really cement himself with the big club. So I, I would love to see that opportunity if you know things were to continue going poorly and they were to make such a trade. And hopefully things pick up from a Flyers perspective. But who knows what's going to happen at this point? Yeah, I I hate that it's December 1st and we're already like, oh, man, like they're going to be selling at the deadline so that they can make some space for the prospects here, see what they've got. But like, ugh, this is, this is just really where we're at, huh? It was a brutal November that was capped off by, you know, I was, I gave them so much slack throughout the month of November because of injuries. And it was just an awful schedule, just a God awful, terrible schedule in November. But then they lost to the devils at the end of the month. And I was like, you know what? No, I don't like it. No, not in. <laughs> it's just, I that loss to the devil it's always the devils when they lose the devils that's what puts me over the top and I'm just like I can't do it anymore no they're bad and the devils without Jack Hughes oh I know who just got paid big time and he's never had a minute in the AHL but I, I could go on about all of that but yeah it, regardless like that kind of put me over the top and I'm like well, this team needs to do something because I just can't stand losing to the New Jersey Devils <sighs> so Cam York's an interesting one to watch Zamula as you said uh Yerman Rubstoff, and I mean, I, I we might end up seeing Morgan Frost back down here. I certainly hope not. I, I would very much like to see him be the three C with the Flyers uh, once Kevin Hayes is a little bit back more up to speed. But you know, certainly potential to see Frosty back down here, even though it doesn't feel like he needs any more time in the AHL. Yeah, to be honest, I would be pretty grumpy if they sent him back down. I mean. Yeah, I would have understood if the Flyers decided not to call him up when they did and felt like they wanted to give him a couple more weeks. Uh, but they didn't. They needed to call him up. And at this point, like I, like you said, I really don't know what more time in the AHL is going to do to help him. Like, he's going to be fine. Just keep him with the Flyers. Don't yo-yo him. 
No, don't yo-yo him. I hate when guys get yo-yoed like that. It's terrible. This is all because this team misses Zade Wisdom. It was just such a delight having Zade Wisdom around last year and then him being hurt and then not being able to play in the AHL. Just, it's all, we all just miss Zade. Yeah. That was weird too. I actually didn't realize Fletcher said he's not eligible to play in the AHL this year. I assumed they were just choosing to send him back to Kingston, but apparently he had to go, which is weird. It is weird. And he was like Forster and Wisdom were just so exciting for this team last year and really got people like, you know, pretty pumped for the Phantoms again. And to not have either of them right now is just a a huge disappointment. Yeah, they were uh, a real breath of fresh air. They really were. Well, that's pretty much all we got. I just wanted to end up with this uh, this quote from the Chuck Fletcher press conference yesterday where he said, Six of their top forwards have been out. I feel bad for Lappy. It's been a tough road for him and his players. So that's that's certainly a vote of sympathy from the GM. But I, you know, I don't even know how warranted it is just because it, it certainly feels like Ian LaPerriere has just been overmatched in his role as head coach. And maybe he's going to learn, but it's it's been a tough going early on for him. We certainly wish Lappy the best, but I, I think... I certainly am still confused by that hiring and it has not been justified to me yet. Yeah, I completely agree. And even early on in the season when they were, I mean, still kind of beat up and dealing with players missing, like, but not nearly to this degree. They, uh, even then, like things should have been going better there. I mean, there's an understandable sort of learning curve with new coach, new system, but it was going on for a little bit too long and players were just looking pretty lost in the system. Like they just didn't really know what they were supposed to be doing. And uh, yeah, I don't know what Lappy was doing to correct that. So that did not leave me feeling very optimistic about how things are going. No, certainly not. But we'll, we'll try to keep our chins up for the rest of the Phantom season and hope at least a couple of these young guys turn out to be pretty good NHLers that we'll see by season's end. But that's all we got for you on the Phantoms Fix today. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. Maddie, where can people find you on Twitter if they have any feedback? Uh, I am at Madeline Campbell, but take out the E in Campbell because every time we discuss... My name is too long for the Twitter. <laughs> oh, that Twitter. It's just unbelievable that, you know, they could put more characters in, but they couldn't give you one more character for your name. I think it's discrimination. I think it is discrimination. Let's take, well, I can't even at Jack about it anymore because he stepped down. So I don't even know who you at anymore. He did it on purpose because he didn't want this heat. <laughs> <laughs> the Flaypaniacs coming after Jack because Maddie needs her E. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You can follow Maddie there. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estebomb. But if it's for hockey, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Follow Broad Street Hockey on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And also Flyperbole on Instagram. Many social medias for you folks. But you can follow this podcast throughout uh, those social media methods as well as the uh, Broad Street Hockey rss feed or uh, they even call it rss feed anymore whatever whatever you get your podcasts on for broad street hockey this will appear on that and finally i wanted to give a shout out to uh, my friend casey lumbra who 
designed the wonderful Our Friend the Rat Fly Purbly logo many years ago, and now has designed our fantastic Phantoms Fix logo, and uh, Casey is very talented. He's awesome. Love him. And uh, you can follow him at Lumbra CJ, or CG rather, but uh, Casey is just awesome, and I, I just wanted to shout out the great work he did on this. Thanks, Casey. Folks, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show freaking rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.